Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIM. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.20 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we are continuing our reading in Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, with Section 5, Self-Concept versus self. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson. And the lesson for the day is lesson 332. In the new section, we haven't this yet on the call. The new section is 12, what is the ego? And the lesson is 332. Fear binds the world. Forgiveness sets it free. And that remembrance is led by every day, about every day, by France. Thank you. So before we get into the reading, uh, Lori, do you have an opening for this section today? I do, I do, and thanks for asking. I was led to this poem from Teresa of Avila called When the Holy Thaws. A body, like the earth, has seasons when the mountain stream flows, when the holy thaws. When I am most fragile and in need, it was then it seems God came closest. God, like a medic on a field, is tending our souls. Our horns get locked with desires, but don't hold yourself too accountable, for all desires are really innocent. That is what the compassion in his eyes tells me. Why this great war between the countries, the countries inside of us? What are all these insane borders we protect? What are all these different names for the same church of love we kneel in together? For it is true, together we live. And only at that shrine where all are welcome will God sing loud enough to be heard. Our horns get locked with the earth and sky in some odd marriage ritual. So what? Don't worry. We should be proud of ourselves for everything we helped create in this magic world. And God is always there if you feel wounded. He kneels over this earth like a divine medic. And his love thaws the holy in us. Fear binds the world. Forgiveness sets it free. Amen. 
Thank you, Lori. Thank yeah, you. thank you, Lori. Beautiful, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, as always. Amen. Now, today with us in and reading, I have uh, Robin Marie, Fran, Yvonne, Lori, Judy, Harrison, Donna, Jessica, and Micah. And with us in listening, I have Lana and Rod. Is there anyone else who's joined us who'd like to say, say good morning or join the meeting with? Okay, I'll get us started then. And chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, Section 5, Self-Concept versus Self. The learning of the world is built upon a concept of the self adjusted to the world's reality. It fits it well. For this, an image is that suits a world of shadows and illusions. Here it walks at home, where what it sees is one with it. The building of a concept of the self is what the learning of the world is for. This is its purpose, that you come without a self and make one as you go along. And by the time you reach, quote, maturity, you have perfected it to meet the world on equal terms, at one with its demand. And Robin Marie? Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. Five, self-concept versus self 43 the learning of the world is built upon a concept of the self adjusted to the world's reality it fits it well for this is an image it, for this an image is that suits a world of shadows and illusions here it walks at home where what it sees is one with it the building of a concept of the self is what the learning of the world is for this is its purpose, that you come without a self and make one as you go along. And by the time you reach, quote, maturity, you have perfected it to meet the world on equal terms, at one with its demands. <clears throat> 44. A concept of the self is made by you. It bears no likeness to yourself at all. It is an idol made to take the place of your reality as son of God. The concept of the self the world would teach is not the thing that it appears to be, for it is made to serve two purposes, but one of which the mind can recognize. The first presents the face of innocence, the aspect acted on. It is this face that smiles and charms and even seems to love. 
It searches for companions, and it looks at times with pity on the suffering and sometimes offers solace. It believes that it is good within an evil world. Thank you, Bravo and Marie. And Fran. 44. A concept of the self is made by you. It bears no likeness to yourself at all. It is an idol made to take the place of your reality as son of God. The concept of the self the world would teach is not the thing that it appears to be, for it is made to serve two purposes, but one of which the mind can recognize. The first presents the face of innocence, the aspect acted on. It is this face that smiles and charms and even seems to love. It searches for companions and it looks at times with pity on the suffering and sometimes offers solace. It believes that it is good within an evil world. 45. This aspect can grow angry, for the world is wicked and unable to provide the love and shelter innocent deserves. And so this face is often wet with tears at the injustices the world accords to those who would be generous and good. This aspect never makes the first attack. But every day, a hundred little things make small assaults upon its innocence, provoking it to irritation and at last to open insult and abuse. Thank you, Fran. And Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. This aspect can grow angry. This aspect can grow angry, for the world is wicked and, uh, and unable to provide the love and shelter innocent deserves. And so this face is often wet with tears at the injustices the world accords to those who would be generous and good. This aspect never makes the first attack, but every day a hundred little things make small small assaults upon its innocence, provoking it to irritation and at last to open insult and abuse. The face of innocence, the concept of the self so proudly wears, can tolerate attack and self-defense. For is it not a well-known fact that the world deals harshly with defenseless innocence? No one who makes a picture of himself omits his face, for he has need of it. The other side, he does not want to see. Yet it is here the learning of the world has set its sight. For it is here the world's, quote, reality is set up to see to it that the idol lasts. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Lori. Oh, Lemoyne, can you come back to me, please? Sure. Um, Thank you. So, again, uh, Judy, 46 and 7. The face of innocence, right? Correct. The fa- Thank you, Lemoyne. The face of innocence, the concept of the self so proudly wears, can tolerate attack in self-defense. For is it not a well-known fact 
the world deals harshly with defenseless innocence. No one who makes a picture of himself omits this face, for he has need of it. The other side he does not want to see. Yet it is here the learning of the world has set its sights, for it is here the world's, quote, reality is set to see to it the idle laugh. Beneath the face of, face of innocence, there is a lesson that the concept of the self was made to teach. It is a lesson in a terrible displacement and a fear so devastating that the face that smiles above it must forever look away, lest it perceive the treachery it hides. The lesson teaches this. I am the thing you made of me, and as you look on me, you stand condemned because of what I am. Unquote. On this conception of the self, the world smiles with approval for it guarantees the pathways of the world are safely kept, and those who walk on them will not escape. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, thank you, Judy. And Harrison. Forty-seven. Beneath the face of innocence. There is a lesson that the concept of the self was made to teach. It is a lesson in a terrible displacement and a fear so devastating that the face with smiles above it must forever look away, lest it perceive the treachery it hides. The lesson teaches this, quote, I am the thing you made of me, and as you look on me, you stand condemned because of what I am, end quote. On this conception of the self, the world smiles with approval for it guarantees the pathways of the world are safely kept and those who walk on them will not escape. 48. Here is the central lesson that ensures your brother is condemned eternally for what you are has now become his sin. For this is for this is no for this is no forgiveness possible. No longer does it matter what he does, for your accusing finger points to him unwavering and deadly in its aim, it points to you as well, 
But this is kept still deeper in the midst below the face of innocence. And in these shrouded thoughts are all his sins and yours preserved and kept in darkness where they cannot be perceived as errors which the light would surely show. You can be neither blamed for what you are, nor can you change the things it makes you do. And you are each the symbol of your sins to one another, silently and yet with ceaseless urgency, condemning still your brother for the hated thing you are. Thank you, Harrison. And Donna. Forty-eight. Here is the central lesson <clears throat> that ensures your brother is condemned eternally. For what you are has now become his sin. For this is no forgiveness possible. No longer does it matter what he does. For you are acute for your accusing finger points to him, unwavering and deadly in its aim. It points to you as well, but this is kept still deeper in the mists below the face of innocence. And in these shrouded vaults are all his sins and yours preserved and kept in darkness where they cannot be perceived as errors which the light would surely show. You can be neither blamed for what you are, nor can you change the things it makes you do. And you are each the symbol of your sins to one another, silently and yet with ceaseless urgency, condemning still your brother for the hated thing you are. 49. Concepts are learned. They are not natural. Apart from learning, they do not exist. They are not given, and they must be made. No one of them is true, and many come from feverish imaginations, hot with hatred, and distortions born of fear. What is a concept? but a thought to which its maker gives a meaning of his own. Concepts maintain the world, but they cannot be used to demonstrate the world is real, for all of them are made within the world, born in its shadow, growing in its ways, and finally maturing in its thought. They are ideas of idols painted with the brushes of the world, which cannot make a single picture representing truth. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. 
<clears throat> 49. Concepts are learned. They are not natural. Apart from learning, they do not exist. They are not given, and they must be made. Not one of them is true, and many come from feverish imagination, hot with hatred and distortions born of fear. What is a concept but a thought to which its maker gives a meaning of his own? Concepts maintain the world, but they cannot be used to demonstrate the world is real, for all of them are made within the world, born in its shadow, growing in its ways, and finally, quote, maturing in its thought. They are ideas of idols painted with the brushes of the world, which cannot make a single picture representing truth. 50. A concept of the self is meaningless for no one here can see what it is for and therefore cannot picture what it is. Yet is all learning which the world directs begun and ended with the single aim of teaching you this concept of yourself that you will choose to follow this world's laws and never seek to go beyond its roads nor realize the way you see yourself. Now must the Holy Spirit find a way to help you see this concept of the self must be undone if any peace of mind is to be given you. Nor can it be unlearned except by lessons aimed to teach that you are something else. For otherwise, you would be asked to make exchange of what you now believe for total loss of self and greater terror would arise in you. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. Uh, 50. A concept of the self is meaningless, for no one here can see what it is for, and therefore cannot picture what it is. Yet is all learning which the world directs begun and ended with the single aim of teaching you this concept of yourself that you will choose to follow this world's laws and never seek to go beyond its roads, nor realize the way you see yourself. Now must the Holy Spirit find a way to help you see this concept of the self must be undone if any peace of mind is to be given you nor can it be unlearned except by lessons aimed to teach that you are something else. For otherwise you would be asked to make exchange of what you now believe for total loss of self, and greater terror would arise in you. 51. Thus are the Holy Spirit's lessons, lesson plans arranged in easy steps that though they there be some lack of ease at times and some distress, 
There is no shattering of what was learned, but just a retranslation of what seems to be the evidence on its behalf. Let us consider then what proof there is that ye are what your brother made of you. For even though you do not yet perceive that this is what you think, you surely learn by now that you behave as if it were. Does he react for you? And did he know exactly what would happen? Did he see your future and ordain before it came what you should do in every circumstance? He must have made the world as well as you to have such presence in the things to come. Thank you, Michael. And Lori, are you back? Can you read 51 too? You bet. Thus are the Holy Spirit's lesson plans arranged in easy steps. That though there be some lack of ease at times and some distress, there is no shattering of what was learned, but just a retranslation of what seems to be the evidence on its behalf. Let us consider then what proof there is that you are what your brother made of you. For even though you do not yet perceive that this is that this is what you think, you surely learn by now that you behave as if it were. Does he react for you? And did he know exactly what would happen? Could he see your future and ordain before it came what you should do in every circumstance? He must have made the world as well as you to have such prescience in the things to come. In 52, that you are what your brother made of you seems most unlikely. Even if he did, who gave the face of innocence to you? Is this your contribution? Who is then the so-called you who made it? And who is deceived by all your goodness and attacks it so? Let us forget the concept foolishness and merely think of this. There are two parts to what you think yourself to be. If one was generated by your brother, who was there to make the other? And from whom must something be kept hidden? If the world is evil, there is still no need to hide what you are made of. Who is there to see? And what but is attached could need defense? Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> and is there a new reader for 52 and 53? New reader, 52 and 3. Okay. Um, back to you, Robin Murray. That you are what your brother made of you seems most unlikely. Even if he did, who gave the face of innocence to you? Is this your contribution? Who is, then, the, quote, you who made it? And who is deceived by all your goodness and attacks it so? Let us forget the concept's foolishness and merely think of this. 
There are two parts to what you think yourself to be. If one was generated by your brother, who was there to make the other? And from whom must something be kept hidden? If the world be evil, there is still no need to hide what you are made of. Who is there to see? And what but is attacked could need defense? 53. Perhaps the reason why this concept must be kept in darkness is that in the light, the one who would not think it true is you. And what would happen to the world you know if all its underpinnings were removed? Your concept of the world depends upon this concept of the self. And both would go if either one were ever raised to doubt. The Holy Spirit does not seek to throw you into panic. So he merely asks if just a little question might be raised. (laughs) Thank you, Robin Murray. And Fran. 53. Perhaps the reason why this concept must be kept in darkness is that in the light, the one who would not think it true is you. And what would happen to the world you know if all its underpinnings were removed? Your concept of the world depends upon this concept of the self, and both would go if either one were ever raised to doubt. The Holy Spirit does not seek to throw you into panic, though he merely asks if just a little question might be raised. 54. There are alternatives about the thing that you must be. You might, for instance, be the thing you chose to have your brother be. This shifts the concept of the self from what is wholly passive and at least makes way for active choice and some acknowledgement that interaction must have entered in. There is some understanding that you chose for both of you, and what he represents has meaning that was given it by you. It also shows some glimmering of sight into perception law that what you see reflects the state of the perceiver's mind. Yet who was it that did the choosing first? If you are what you chose your brother be, alternatives were there to choose among, and someone must have first decided on the one to choose and let the others go. Thank you, Fran. And Yvonne. Thank you. There are alternatives about the thing that you must be. You might, for instance, be the thing you chose to have your brother be. This shifts the concept of the self from what is wholly passive and at least makes way for active choice and some acknowledgement that interaction must have entered in. There is some understanding that you chose for both of you and what he represents as meaning that is given it by you. It also shows some glimmering of sight into perception's law that what you see reflects the state of the perceiver's mind. Yet who was it that did the the choosing first? If you are what you chose your brother be, alternatives were there to choose among, and someone must have first decided on the one to choose and let the others go. Although this step has gained, it does not yet approach a basic question. 
something must have gone before these concepts of the must something must have gone before these concepts of the self. And something must have done the learning which gave rise to them. Nor can this be explained by either view. The main advantage of the shifting to the second from the first is that you somehow entered in the choice by your decision. But this gain is paid in almost equal loss, for now you stand accused of guilt for what your brother is. And you must share his guilt because you chose it for him in the image of your own. While only he was treacherous before, now you must be condemned along with him. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne and Judy. Are you on mute, Judy? Yeah, I lost my place. Where are we? (laughs) I had my eyes Um, closed. Okay. Uh, 55, although this step has gained, it does not get approached with the question. Although, okay, I got it. Although this step has gains, it does not yet approach a basic question. Something must have gone before these concepts of the self, and something must have done the learning which gave rise to them. Nor can this be explained by either view. The main advantage of the shifting to the second from the first, is that you somehow entered in the choice by your decision. But this gain is paid in almost equal loss. For now you stand accused of guilt for what your brother is, and you must share his guilt because you chose it for him in the image of your own. While only he was treacherous before, now must you be condemned along with him. The concept of the self has always been the great preoccupation of the world, and everyone believes that he must find the answer to the riddle of himself. Salvation can be seen as nothing more than the escape from concepts. It does not concern itself with content of the mind, but with the simple statement that it thinks. And what can think has choice, and can be shown that different thoughts have different consequences. So it can learn that everything it thinks reflects the deep confusion that it feels about how it was made and what it is. And vaguely, does the concept of the self appear to answer what it does not know? <laughs> I love that paragraph. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. And Harrison. I do, too. 56, the concept of the self has always been the great preoccupation of the world. 
and everyone believes that he must find the answer to the riddle of himself. Salvation can be seen as nothing more than the escape from concepts. It does not concern itself with content of the mind, but with the simple statement that it thinks and what can think as choice and can be shown that different thoughts have different consequences. So it can learn that everything it thinks reflects the deep confusion that it feels about how it was made and what it is. And vaguely does the concept of itself appear to answer what it does not know. 57. Seek not yourself, capital S, in symbols. There can be no concept that can stand for what you are. What matters What matters is which concept you accept while you perceive a self which interacts with evil and reacts to wicked things. Your concept of yourself will still remain quite meaningless and you will not perceive that you can interact but with yourself. To see a guilty world is but a sign your learning has been guided by the world, and you behold it as you see yourself. The concept of the self embraces all you look upon, and nothing is outside of this perception. If you can be hurt by anything, you see a picture of your secret wishes, nothing more than this. And in your suffering of any kind, you see your own concealed desire to kill. Thank you, Harrison. And Donna. Fifty-seven. Seek not yourself in symbols. There can be no one concept that can stand for what you are. What matters it which concept you accept while you perceive a self which interacts with evil and reacts to wicked things. Your concept of yourself will still remain quite meaningless, and you will not perceive that you can interact but with yourself. 
To see a guilty world is but the sign you're learning to be guided by the world and you behold it as you see yourself. The concept of the self embraces all you look upon and nothing is outside of this perception. If you can be hurt by anything, you see a picture of your secret wishes. Nothing more than this. And in your suffering of any kind, you see your own concealed desire to kill. 58. You will make many, many concepts of the self as learning goes along. Each one will show the changes in your own relationships as your perception of yourself is changed. There will be some confusion every time there is a shift. But be you thankful that the learning of the world is loosening its grasp upon your mind. And be you sure and happy in the confidence that it will go at last and leave your mind at peace. The role of the accuser will appear in many places and in many forms, and each will seem to be accusing you. Yet have no fear. It will not be undone. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica, would you read uh, 58 through 60? Yeah. <clears throat> you will make many concepts of the self as learning goes along. Each one will show the changes in your own relationships as your perception of yourself is changed. There will be some confusion every the shift, but be you thankful that the learning of the world is upon your mind, and be you sure and happy in the confidence that it will go at last and leave your mind at peace. The role of the accuser will appear in many places and in many forms, and each will seem to be accusing you. Yet have no fear, it will not be undone. 59. The world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn them. There will come a time when images have all gone by, and you will see you know not what you are. It is to this unsealed and open mind that truth returns unhindered and unbound. Where concepts of the self have been laid by is truth revealed exactly as it is. When every concept has been raised to doubt and question and been recognized as made on no assumptions which would stand the light, then is the truth left free to enter in its sanctuary, clean and free of guilt, There is no statement that the world is more afraid to hear than this. I do not know the thing I am, and therefore, I do not know what I am doing, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. 
Thank you, Jessica. And Micah, would you read 59 through 61? Okay. <clears throat> the world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn them. There will come a time when images have all gone by, and you will see you know not what you are. It is to this unsealed and open mind that truth returns, unhindered and unbound. Where where concepts of the self have been laid by is truth revealed exactly as it is. When every concept has been raised to doubt and question and been recognized as made on no assumptions which would stand the light, then is the truth left free to enter in its sanctuary, clean and free of guilt. There is no statement that the world is more afraid to hear than this. I do not know the thing I am, and therefore I do not know what I am doing, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. Yet in this learning is salvation born, and what you are will tell you of itself. Thank you, Micah. And Lori, would you read 59 through 61? I'd love to. The world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn. There will come a time when images have all gone by. See, you know not what you are. It is to this unsealed and open mind that truth returns, unhindered and unbound. Where concepts of the self have been laid by, is truth revealed exactly as it is? When every concept has been raised to doubt and question and been recognized as made on no assumptions which would stand the light, then is the truth left free to enter in its sanctuary, clean and free of guilt. There is no statement that the world is more afraid to hear than this. I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know where I am going, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. Yet in this learning is salvation born, and what you are will tell you of itself. Amen. Thank you, Lori. And uh, um, well, I have a prepared summary, but the point of the summary is to get <laughs> exactly. To where we've been, which is repeating these last few paragraphs. <clears throat> so, let me just say from 56, the concept of the self has always been the great preoccupation of the world. I want to bring in one line from A Course of Love here that says, your search for your one for the one true God is essentially the same as the search for your one true self. So this con- concept of the self searching 
to figure out the self has always been the great preoccupation of the world. And everyone believes that he must find the answer to the riddle of himself. Salvation can be seen as nothing more than the escape from concept. It does not concern itself with the contents of mind, but with the simple statement that it thinks. From 57, seek not yourself in symbols. There can be no concept that can stand for what you are. And the concept of the self embraces all you look upon. Nothing is outside of this perception. 58. You will make many concepts of the self as learning goes along. Each one will show the changes in your own relationships as your perception of yourself has changed. There will be some confusion every time there is a shift. But be you thankful that the learning of the world is loosening its grasp upon your mind. And be you sure and happy in the confidence that it will go at last and leave your mind at peace. The role of the accuser will appear in many places and in many forms, and each will seem to be accusing you. Yet have no fear, it will not be undone. The world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn. There will come a time when images have all gone by and you will see you know not what you are. It is to this unsealed and open mind that truth returns, unhindered and unbound. Where concepts of the self have been laid by is truth revealed exactly as it is. When every concept has been raised to doubt and question and has been recognized as made on no assumptions which would stand the light, then is the truth left free to enter in its sanctuary, clean and free of guilt. There is no statement that the world is more afraid to hear than that. I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. Yet in this learning is salvation born, and what you are will tell you self. Thank you, Lamorne. Thank you, Lamorne. Oh, you are you are all certainly welcome. This is a strange role. Go ahead and plan and prepare, and then in the middle of it. Throw the plans out, <laughs> but get to the get to the main point there at the end, which was the point of all my summary to lead to the that was fifty-eight, sixty-one, and so um, I it passed the 
time the clock would say, but the world doesn't determine. And uh, all that time stuff is just conception. So, Fran, let me ask, are, are you ready and willing to lead us in the remembrance of the lesson now? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We're in the second part of the workbook. The theme that we're on, the new theme, is what is the ego? And the lesson for today is lesson 332. Fear binds the world. Forgiveness sets us free. I shall read some from what is the ego. <clears throat> the ego is idolatry. The sign of limited and separated self. Born in a body, doomed to suffer, and to end its life in death. The ego is the quote-unquote proof that strength is weak and love is fearful. Life is really death, and what opposes God alone is true. The ego is insane. In fear, it stands beyond the everywhere, apart from all, in separation from the infinite. In its insanity, it thinks it has become a victor over God himself. The Son of God is egoless. What can he know of madness and the death of God when he abides in him? To know reality is not to see the ego in its thoughts, its works, its acts, its laws and its beliefs, its dreams, its hopes, its plan for its salvation, and the cost belief in it entails. Yet will one really of forgiveness change the darkness into light, the altar to illusions to the shrine of life itself, and peace will be restored forever to the holy minds which God created as his son, his dwelling place, his joy, his love, completely his, completely one with him. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 332. Fear binds the world. Forgiveness sets us free. The ego makes illusions. Truth undoes its evil dreams by shining them away. Truth never makes attack. It merely is. And by its presence is the mind recalled from fantasies awaking to the real. Forgiveness bids this presence enter in and takes its rightful place within the mind. Without forgiveness is the mind in chains, believing in its own futility. Yet with forgiveness does the light shine through the dream of darkness, offering it hope and giving it the means to realize the freedom that is its inheritance. We would not find the world again today. Fear holds it prisoner, and yet your love has given us the means to set it free. Father, we would release it now. For as we offer freedom, it is given us, and we would not remain as prisoners while you hold out our freedom unto us. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 332. Fear binds the world. Forgiveness sets it free.
We would not bind the world again today. Fear holds us prisoner, and yet your love has given us the means to set us free. Father, we would release it now. Lesson 332, Fear Binds the World, Forgiveness Sets Us Free. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Well done, as usual. Thank you. Good morning. It's Harrison. I guess when I see the word world, I start to have all different kinds of thoughts about what he means by world. And I have concluded that my understanding of what Jesus means by world is a key to unlocking the truth of who I am. I believe that when he talks about the world, he's talking about my my thoughts because he tells me throughout the course that there is no objective world out there that the only world that exists is in my mind. It's it's not something that somebody else made. It's it's not the biblical world. Uh, from Genesis. Uh, And in truth, he tells me, of course, there is no world. He says that very directly. 
without any equivocation. So if the world is a product of my thinking, my thoughts, then that's how I can change my understanding or perception or experience of the world. If my mind chooses fear, I will look out on a fear-based world. I will see attack. I will see death. I will see war. I will see uh, crime all around me. That is my mind chooses fear. And it's hard to believe that all of that comes from that one thought, that one idea. But that's what the Course is asking me to believe. On the other hand, if my mind chooses forgiveness, I will look on on a world in which everyone is free and unbound. I won't be looking at anyone as separate from myself. And I will be looking at myself as God created me. Love, pure love. And that's what will be reflected in the world. That's what I see. I will see a world in which everyone is free and unbound. I may see the illusion of people being imprisoned, attacking, hurting and killing each other, but I will no longer participate in that dream. And I participate in their dream by feeling the effects of their pain. I remember phrase not many years ago. Maybe even something Bill Clinton would say, I feel your pain. That's accepting the realities of the ego-based thought system. I have to see the world as God would create it. So the Course doesn't ask me 
to deny what goes on in the world. And I think this is important. But it simply asks me not to participate in the world's thought system by giving that thought system power over my mind. And to everyone who looks on me, I may be appearing to participate in this grand illusion I call the world I see. But my mind can remain at peace understanding that the only world that exists is the world as God would create it. And so if there is anything else wrong that seems to be going on that my body size is showing me, other than what God would have me see, then it can't be true. It can't be real. As long as my mind remains at peace, I will see peace. Because Peace, as God has given it to me, will govern my behavior. Forgiveness will govern my behavior. It will not be governed by conflict or fear. The ego makes illusions. Truth undoes the ego's dreams, evil by shining them away. I think somebody is unmuted, and maybe that's a sign that it's time for me to stop. And I will. I am pleased. Thank you. Sorry, Harrison. That was me. Sorry. I saw a cloud I wanted to send to my friend who's lying in bed, and I forgot to mute. But I really love that. Thanks, Harrison. Ciao, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, no me too, Harrison. That was great. Thank you so much. Very elegantly simple. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Harrison. Yeah, wonderful, Harrison. Thank you so much. This is Jessica. I'm in my car, and uh, anyway, so I won't say much, but I did want to say that um, my father had Alzheimer's, 
And shortly, uh, you know, toward the end of his life, <laughs> my mother reported, um, you know, it was the last year or two of his life, my mother reported that he said, I don't know who I am or where I am. <laughs> and um, I'm laughing because it, he was not an unhappy Alzheimer's person. He was always a happy person in general. And um, losing or having his memory be affected by his whatever you want to call it, I feel like it was his liberation because it liberated him from a lot of guilt, actually, um, because he couldn't remember the things he had done that hurt my mother. Um, although uh, sometime before he, he made that statement about not knowing who he was and, and where he was, um, I had asked him one day, if you if you could have known or if you had known how your actions were going to hurt mom, would you have done things differently? And he said, I don't think I could have done anything differently, which is also a beautiful thing um, because I think it's true. And, um, you know, when he said that he didn't know where he was or who he was, I think he, he, was, he was probably slightly bothered by that. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. But he mostly wasn't bothered by the whole process of not being the very smart and aware and erudite person he had been before. I mean, he was, he was always very loving. And so that's mostly what was exposed when the other stuff fell away. And I couldn't help but share that with you guys, uh, given that we're being encouraged to remember that we don't know who we are and we don't know where we are, really. Thanks a lot. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. It's very beautiful. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Uh, this is Micah. I um, had a feeling uh, while we were reading the text today, it, it was kind of uh, difficult for me to just, uh, like a lot of times Jesus beautifully lifts, lifts me up and in, in, uh, opens up a, a vast, expansive sense of self um, and puts a golden frame around you know, in so many ways. And this one was more kind of, um, I don't know, it created a whole different kind of feeling. And uh, But I, I, I got more uh, feelings of peace from Fran reading the, uh, you know, what is the ego and the lesson. I, I, again, I started to feel the glowing light kind of, of Jesus' words coming out, you know, in their power point to this world that we are uh, a part of. There's that word world. Um, that probably wasn't the best word. The, the truth of what we are. 
like I saw it here in what is the ego. The ego is insane. In fear it stands beyond the everywhere, apart from all, in separation from the infinite. And this morning that was like such a, a healing balm of, you know, because it was pointing to the truth of what we are. And uh, and then down below um, says, and peace will be restored forever to the holy minds which God created as his son, his dwelling place, his joy, his love, completely his completely one with him. And that, in such a beautiful way, again, pointed to what lies beyond concepts of a small self. And and the the truth of our magnitude, which is, I was kind of hungry for that this morning. And uh, it did it in a beautiful way because it, it brought my awareness out of body identification and turned it, well, not completely. It, it more turned the better way to say it is it turned the awareness in the direction of mind, and the, that reality, uh, you know, over time has become more and more real. And it was an invitation to again move into the awareness of that mind. And so um, I I wrote that one down this morning. And peace will will be restored forever to the holy minds which God created as his son, his dwelling place, his joy, his love completely his, completely one with him. Jesus says, you know, we are of one mind and see this mind everywhere and in everything. And uh, so... Anyway, thank you, Fran. That was that was nice. I'm I'm done. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you. This is Donna. I go ahead, Donna. I thank you. I continue to be grateful <clears throat> for this um, class. And and. Um, Paragraph 59, the first sentence, the word want popped out. The world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn them. And it reminded me of two principles of metapsychiatry. Number seven says, nothing comes into experience uninvited. And eight says, problems are lessons designed for our edification. And... Um, it's so extraordinary that we're we get upset about our problems and I was thinking, Oh, how we will say, I never dreamed this would happen to me <laughs> Or we would say, I dr- I never dreamed I would do this and yet we actually did and then we're surprised that we did it. It's like we're the boogeyman under the bed and also and also uh the one that the boogeyman scares. Um, and um, then uh, um, Jessica was talking about remembering and it brought to mind something else that there's remember and then there is recall and because I no longer (laughs) 
never did have a mind to remember anything, quite frankly, and yet I do so well, and it's because of recall. So the human, humans seek to remember uh, with a non-existent mind, and the Holy Spirit is ever available with recall and is unfailingly dependable. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Hi, this is Ida. Um, I like what you said, Donna, about we seek to remember with a non-existent mind. Well, scientists are proving right now that, like, we don't actually remember through our brains. It's like they're calling it something like what they talk about the cloud in computing, that there's like a cloud of consciousness. And then when we want to remember something, we pull that information out of the cloud. Thank you, Please. <laughs> no, thanks, Ida. Thank you. Well, Ida, where where is the cloud supposed to be, did they say? No, they didn't give it a, like a space, particular space. It's just around. It's just around us or whatever, you know, something like that. Cool. Yeah. Starting, starting to get into quantum physics almost. Yeah, that would be like 100 years later. <laughs> That's okay because it just seems like, like you said, I mean, it's, Science is getting closer and closer to the truth. <laughs> I mean, his spirituality and everything. That uh, we don't necessarily need science. I mean, we do in a way, but ultimately we just need the truth. And we just need the spirituality, and we can get along with just that, just fine, you know, um, because it's all there. It's Every miracle we need, every everything we need is is within God in in the moment now, right? When we we're in the now, N O W, we have already won. W O N. <laughs> Thank you. I love it when you play with words. Thanks, Ida. Oh, that's great. This is Donna. Uh, and Dr. Horace says it so much more beautifully, but he says that eventually science will come to prove the existence of God. And I think that's cool. I am complete. Yeah. That's great, Donna. Thanks, Donna. Oh, I like that. Thank you.
Well, I got Jude. I just love the way this reading really um, is juxtaposed against the reading in the in the lessons about the ego, because it so clearly um, shows how um, the egoic thought system is in complete opposition to the thought system of Christ and God our Father. Um, this concept making up a concept of the self um, that when the split, the mind split, it needed to have um, objects of perception. Thank you, um, Harrison, um, for that point that, you know, there, there was only one and everything was seen as love itself. There was no distinction and no separation, no differences. And that's what we're being restored to in our awareness, letting go of judgment and differences, evaluations. And um, the idea um, that words, ideas, concepts, images are all objects of the mind is a very important point to me because I can understand it very easily this way um, that the images that I see and think of as myself are the same as objects, as concepts are objects in my mind. There's no difference between the two. So seeing, hearing, any of those sensorial objects that I perceive are all a part of the same consciousness. It's not within the separate self's mind. There is no separate self's mind. It's just God experiencing everything as God. And I think the, um, the um, seeking not yourself in symbols is because the, that, that we come to that understanding that there is nothing other than that. So there is no perceiver and perceiving something. There is no observer observing something. There is no separate me and a separate you. So there, you know, all, all those kinds of distinctions leave simply because perception, the evaluation, the definition, the names, the ideas, the labels are all undone. And it's not that we need to forget them, they, we can still have them, but the, the, the maturing, and I like the word maturing in this, and the roles that we grow up and into and through a lifetime, you know, with the culmination of what Jessica said. You know, I worked with the <laughs> elderly for years. I love working with old people. And dementia really relieves them of the bondage of themselves. And how this is what the exercise today speaks of, the freedom from the bondage of the egoic thoughts, whatever thoughts, good ones, bad ones. You know, we, we're, I heard Eckhart Tolle say, there's a hole, a black hole in every galaxy, and we're just a galaxy 
up thoughts and memories and experiences that we claim as our own, when in fact we're in a totality of a universe and we're all swirling around each other. There is no separation between any of us. We're all, and that one line that, um, um, what does it say? We're, we can't be blamed um, for anything. Where is that? You can neither be blamed for what you are, nor can you change the things that makes you do. <laughs> We're all these bodies bopping around each other like galaxies experiencing life, and there's no blame in any of it. We're all doing it. We're all doing it. We're all being it. But um, to think that we're separate um, or alone in it, aloneness, that loneliness of being alone is really um, something else. But um, the idea that we're creation itself, all the thoughts with the capital T that are in the mind of God is one-minded and that we're capable of remembering that. All of it. And it's always already here and now. And nothing is nothing is preventing me except me from remembering God as myself. God is myself with a capital S. So I don't know this. You can't call ourselves a thing. We can't call ourselves a word. The word is not what we are. We're, we're beyond words. We're beyond images. We're beyond concepts. We're inconceivable. We're on beyond images. We're beyond perception. We're imper- imperceivable. Inconceivable. And imper- in, is that a word? Imperceptible? <laughs> you do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing where I am or how to look upon the world or on myself or yourself or anybody's self. (laughs) We're not who we think we are. This is so great. I love this stuff. Thanks for bringing me home. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. And thank you so much for uh, reading 60 um, little flash, uh, three paragraphs, 59 through 61, um, is worth uh, rethinking, rereading, um, because it's... Um, a deliberation. Uh, the last thing we want to be told is that we don't know what we are. Uh, that we uh, don't know what we're doing, where we are, or how to work upon the world or on ourselves. That's like being born again. I'm complete. 
Thank you, Harrison. Uh, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Good morning, this is Sandra. <clears throat> and thank you for bringing those paragraphs to my attention again. And um, the world can teach no images of you unless you want to learn them. And I was a good learner. <laughs> um, a slow learner, but a good one. Um, because I, I was at the effect of my parents. And I let them be caused because I didn't know any better. I was just a kid. And, you know, being at the effect of my parents, what I came up with about the images of myself were that I couldn't do anything right, I was unworthy, there was something wrong with me, <laughs> I was a reject. So this paragraph 60, I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing, where I am or how to look upon the world or on myself was a relief because carrying forward with the with being in the effect of my being at the effect of my parents and, and thinking I had no choice that I didn't have a choice that I was a victim of the world but now I'm at the effect of God my parents did the best they can, and they're innocent. God sees me as innocent, so I have to see them as innocent. Basically, my mother said one day that she was just trying to make me strong. Well, she did. She, she achieved that. But I'm no longer at the effect of my parents because I can choose what I want. And I like God's view of me much better <laughs> than I like my parents' view of me or anybody else in this world for that matter. I like God's view of me. I'll take it and I'll try it on for size until it fits perfectly. It fits like a glove. And when it fits like a glove, I'll be perfectly integrated. And I won't need the Holy Spirit anymore because I will be the Holy Spirit. But for now, this reading is telling me that I have to completely count on the Holy Spirit because I have to go into this particular phase of my movement on this particular planet with an open mind, knowing that, you know, I have to look at, right now, there's, there's two, there's contrast, and I have to look at that and look at what is it that I really want and then I got to commit to it. Commit to it and fall on my face over and over again until I get what I want. Because God says I can have what I want. I want God. I want to live in this world totally aligned with the truth that comes from God. Or the infinite, if you're uncomfortable with that word, word the infinite power of the universe which is all-inclusive, and includes, it includes the contrast. 
as part and uses it as part of the opportunity for me to heal and learn. So I'm just really grateful. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Wow, Sandra, that was so wonderful. Beautiful words put together so beautifully. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like that about the clothes fitting. Mm -hmm. Lori? Yeah, thanks for thanks for calling on me. Um, I'm thinking a lot of things this morning, but um, I especially really enjoy uh, the first ten paragraphs or so that seem laden with speed bumps. And I like to think of I like to think of Helen, a preeminent psychiatrist, psychologist, and Bill having studied the mind all their lives, sitting and hearing from truth about what is the nature of consciousness. I mean, just think of it. Just think of it. I'm going to ask you to set aside everything you thought you knew. And that's essentially what the first ten paragraphs are saying to me, everything I thought I knew. You know, he describes so elegantly um, the victim self, the self that I made the face of innocence acted upon so evilly by the world. And then he throws in this other part, (laughs) the other part that no mind can really see. And and I'm hearkening back to... um, the early part of this book where he's describing the nature of consciousness and he said consciousness is the first level that man introduced into himself before that there was only God and awareness of unity but with this split of consciousness came with it the subconscious all that material that's hidden from me that I hide from myself and, and so he describes in these two paragraphs, you, you could be what is acted upon by the world, you know, a victim to the world, or you possibly uh, chose guilt for your brother as well. And so the Holy Spirit merely must ask a question. What's the evidence? What's the evidence that you are the self your brother made of you? the face of innocence that points at him forever condemned for what he did to you? Or did you choose guilt for your brother and yourself? All that material that's hidden from my own mind? You know, he's describing these levels of consciousness. Um, And by the time time I got to paragraph 50, I said to myself, I chose a living death, you know, by by virtue of my face of innocence and all the subconscious material that I didn't want to see. 
So what's the evidence? And and here's the thing. Can we ask just a little question? There are alternatives, he said. Maybe I'm not a victim. Maybe I'm what I chose my brother be, making both of us guilty, both of us losers. That's in 55. Then I get to 56. (laughs) Imagine Helen and Bill sitting there. Two psychologists. The concept of the self is a great preoccupation of the world and everyone believes that he must solve the riddle of himself. This was their life's work. (laughs) Um, So salvation can be seen as nothing more than escape from concepts. It doesn't concern itself with the content of the mind, merely but it thinks. And here's the wonderful freedom. Different thoughts have different consequences. Different thoughts have different consequences. Now I'm I'm remembering, it was in chapter 4, when he talked about vigilance. And in the section I like to call the this need not be's, whenever you're not joyous, whenever you're not joyous, you have thought wrongly about some soul God created. That thought always is a thought that reflects the split in my own mind. You see, this is the problem. I have a split in my mind. I've split my awareness between my conscious interacting with the world self and my subconscious material to which I am blind. Because I've hidden it. What I hide, I am blind to. Now I'm remembering in the section Love Without Conflict, he said, be very honest with yourself. We must hide nothing from each other. This is, this is what my friend, my dearly beloved friend Jesus does for me. He bids me sit in honesty with him and hide nothing from myself. Well, what about that time I, and he'll tell me, or what about the time that my family or my brother or my friend or my coworkers did this? He'll tell me. Salvation is nothing more, nothing more than concern with the fact that thoughts can be changed and if I change my thoughts, I'll have different consequences. Who we? Now I discover, I discover that the face of innocence that wept so bitterly for all the injuries was a consequence of an emotion that rose out of thought. Everything arises out of thought. Everything. Everything arises out of thought. And if I change my mind to think with God, he says, whenever you are not joyous, you thought wrongly about some soul God created. That soul's always me. Because I can interact with but myself. All of us together make up the sonship. Never forget the sonship is your soul, he says. All of us together hold each other 
in the mind of God in the unity in which we were created never ever 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 anything except the love of God the name of God is my inheritance he says now there's a thought that has different consequences miracles and fear both come from thoughts <laughs> how about that if I'm having fearful thoughts what have I thought that God would not have thought what have I felt to think that God would have thought change your mind to think with God change your mind to think with God and everything will change accordingly my first and primary and only need is to accept atonement for myself the glory of the atonement is that it removes the need for me to defend myself against anything it restores innocence and if I can accept that I'm innocent and can forgive myself I have allowed my level split to be healed my subconscious thoughts are no longer hidden from my awareness I'm no longer blind to myself and if I'm not blind to myself I'm open to the awareness that everything is included in me and I know this to be true I know it in my in my experience you know I've shared before about that wonderful day I was driving up the street and the whole world seemed to be coming in the windshield of my car and I was so breathless with love I I just thought this isn't compatible with breathing that's the depth of the love of the Son of God for his father and for the world his father created that he live in and be glad oh yes we dream oh yes we dream we dream while we're here bodies come and bodies go things happen things are undone but he says you accept atonement for yourself you are healed and you can heal you're forgiven you can forgive an awareness of dreaming is the function of, of the teacher of God we watch the dream figures come and go we can talk we can share we can hug we can laugh we can cry together we can heal together we learn that we are loved awareness of dreaming is the function of God's teachers but behind the dream underneath the dream forever always true is unity is unity we are we are players on a stage <laughs> learning that the thought system of love is true and when I no longer write roles for you out of my subconscious and I'm healed I'll only give one role to you and that is light you bring me light you make me aware of the love that's in me as I make you aware of the love that's in you and together we walk ourselves straight into heaven <laughs> the role of the accuser appears in many places he says but when I let that accuser go in my own mind it's gone it is gone I'm complete thank you so much thank you thank you so much beautiful really. thank you thank you thank you
What praise. That was excellent, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Well, as to Lemoyne, I had some thoughts I wanted to bring forth, and most of which can wait till after recording to be after call. Um, just one thing. From what is the world, the world is false perception. And I think, you know, from the initial error, that we perceive ourselves to be a separate self alone, well, then there must be a world outside us. So there's that. And once we... Now, there's... There is like a a ground for conflict to arise. Um, It's also reflected within, and we see ourselves as separate parts within. And... All this division and, you know, clashing of concepts and idols is, all it does is just hide the reality who we are. I mean, I think that, so in the title, self-concept, read it in the order given, self-concept versus self, this is not really a battle. Yeah, it's only it's only a battle in the world of illusion. The self does not really fully participate, or if it did, then the concept would either align with it or be laid aside, and and so. You know, this is this is the answer. Given where we started in separation, how we proceed. You know, the first big step toward mastery of what really is is laying down everything we think we think <laughs> that we cannot truly think with the one mind in our within our belief that we're separate. So, well, there's a lot maybe I want to say, but I do not know the thing I am. And therefore, I do not know what I'm doing, where I am, or how to look on the world or on myself. And 
one more thing. The real world is a symbol like the rest of what perception of. I think the difference here is that it rests on no assumption that cannot withstand light of the whole vision. And, you know, perception can be corrected. <laughs> anyway, I'm complete. Do you have a closing you would like to offer, Lori? I'm really grateful you asked today, Lemoyne. Um, it's from the test of truth, given that our lesson today reminds us about truth. Truth undoes its evil dreams by shining them away, never by attack. So the test of truth, only those who see they cannot know, unless the effects of understanding are with them, can really learn it all. And for this, it must be peace they want and nothing else. Whenever you think you know, peace will depart from you because you have abandoned the capital teacher of peace. Whenever you fully realize that you know not, peace will return for you have invited him to do so by abandoning the ego on behalf of him. Call not upon the ego for anything. It is only this you need do. The Holy Spirit will of himself fill every mind that so makes room for, for him. The power of God is yours as surely as it is his. Thank you, Sandra, for my Holy Spirit. You think you know him not only because alone it is impossible to know him. Yet see the mighty works that he will do through you, and you must be convinced that you did them through him. It is impossible to deny the capital source of effects so powerful they could not be of you. Leave room for him and you will find yourself so filled with power that nothing will prevail against your peace. And this will be the test by which you recognize that you have understood. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lamont. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone. Another gorgeous call. <laughs>